Welcome to the third season of Between the Lines, the podcast that brings you interviews with some of Canada's lesser-known authors and writers. In this season, we will be exploring the works of these unknown but talented poets from various locations across this great country, from the breathtaking landscapes of the far north to the bustling downtown city streets. These writers have captured the essence of Canada in their words. In each episode, we will delve into the lives and careers of these fascinating individuals, learning about their inspirations, challenges, and their triumphs. I'm your host, Randy Lacey. Please join me as I present to you these hidden gems of Canadian literature and uncover some of the stories Between the Lines. Hello and welcome to Between the Lines. On today's show, I will be speaking with Port Elgin's very own Carrie Merriam. Hello, Carrie, and welcome to Between the Lines. Hi, how are you? I am well. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it is my pleasure, and I say that to everybody, but it really is my pleasure to, to do this for um, for writers and authors and poets. And, you know, if if I was sure I could get a musician in here, I would too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because you know what? You will not find a song without a poem, right? For the most right. part. Right. Um, before we get right into the nitty gritty of the interview, I wonder if you'd mind giving our listening audience a brief rundown on who Carrie is and what she's about. Sure, I'll try. Well, I'm from Port Elgin, which is in Ontario. Um, I live right along Lake Huron. So we like to go to the beach a lot. Big, huge tourist town here in the summer. Um, I am married. I have three kids, uh, two teenage boys and a little girl who is eight. Um, yeah, I'm a writer. It's the only thing I ever really wanted to do. The only thing I ever really cared about in school. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, but I like photography. I kind of dabble in that a little bit. Um, pretty much a lot of creative things. I like music, but I can't play anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything else, or I about it, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, um, she was not shy in telling me how old she is, but she doesn't look old enough <laughs> to have kids as old as she says they are. That's all I have. My, to say. my oldest is sixteen. So yeah. And... <laughs> Normally, at this juncture, I would jump right into what I call question period. But because season three is about Canadian poets and their poetry, uh, instead of going straight to question period, we're going to give you an opportunity to start us off by reading uh, a poem. Do you have one ready? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I have one here I wanted to share. It's part of um a book that i self-published okay uh it's some some poems and also some of my photography i like this one because i actually wrote this for my daughter she was the inspiration of it so wonderful it's called through a child's eyes i'm just gonna clear my throat (laughs) okay (laughs) through a child's eyes to see the world through a child's eyes look up and see cotton candy skies Get excited about a star-shaped lunch and autumn leaves underfoot with their satisfying crunch. You will see magic all around. 
something remarkable in every sound. Boring is certainly not allowed. Look, it's a dragon, not a cloud. They live in the moment in no hurry, not rushing around in an adult flurry. It is something to admire, perhaps also to aspire, to imitate, to make a goal, once in a while to lose control. Not worry about getting from A to B, to open our eyes and really see. Magic is all around us, everything has beauty, and making friends can be as simple as, want to play with me? We may be older, but from them can learn, and have some of our innocence return. So let us more often give it a try, to see the world through a child's eyes. And that's the end of that one. That is wonderful. I can relate to it 100%. Um, I hear children going by my front door on their way to school every day and, um, yeah, you know, the innocence of children, right? Yeah. It actually came about with, cause my daughter and I were walking and she was looking at the sky and she's like, do you know that the clouds can tell stories? Oh, wonderful. And she was telling me all these things about the different dragons that the clouds were. <laughs> it was really cool. She's really creative. Sounds like, yeah, I was just gonna say, sounds like she's, you've got a writer there. Yeah, she's actually trying to write a story right now. She's been showing me, so. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That is cool. Thank she's you for only sharing eight, that. So she's going to give me a run for my money. Yeah, <laughs> but you've got some experience on her, so. <laughs> yeah. And you can give her the tips she needs to, to publish. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. That was, that was wonderful. Um, we're going to go right into question period now. And so the very first question, which is always a good place to start, by the way, um, <laughs> who introduced you to poetry and with what? Um, my mother actually introduced me to poetry. Um, before we even took it in school or anything, she had, she had an old hardcover book that was actually a discarded poetry textbook from a high school. I think she picked it up at like a used bookstore, but it was just full of poems and she really liked it. We both really liked this one. The same poem was called The Daffodils by William Wordsworth. Okay. And it was just, we really liked it. I liked the way it rhymed and the lyric of it. So that was really my first like look at poetry. Yeah. (laughs) It set you on your journey. Yeah, I think so. And That's the earliest thing I can remember, anyways. Reading. Uh, do you remember the first poem you ever wrote, or when it was, or um, do you still have it? I think I do somewhere. I the earliest poem I think I wrote was it was called "Rain." I think it was about the weather, like rain and the wind, and okay. It's probably not very good. <laughs> Well, but I cool. still I still write the same sort. Like I write about nature a lot still. So okay, yeah. Uh, question number two: Do you have a preferred style of poetry, um, i.e., sonnet, limerick, uh, haiku, etc.? Um, I really like rhyming poetry, and um, it doesn't seem to be in fashion anymore. They say, but. Most of the poetry I write and the ones that I enjoy most are usually rhyming. I do have some that don't rhyme at all, but it's just 
my preference i think i like the rhyming ones and the the lyric of it and the rhythm the flow of them and trying to find the right word i think it pushes me a little creatively i love rhyming it's yes it seems it's it's what comes more natural to me than anything else me too you feel this yeah you too eh yeah um so i you could be thinking of something walking down the street and think of something and then you're automatically trying to rhyme it right <laughs> yeah just a random line and then you're like yeah it works oh, like that that's the funnest thing to do mm-hmm. though but why do you think it's fallen out of uh quote-unquote favor today i don't really know that's all it confuses me i'm like why don't more people like this rhyming poetry i like it so much better because poetry that doesn't rhyme to me it sounds like prose like it sounds more like I've written this part of a story mm-hmm. and I know it's not true. There's lots of different kinds of poetry, but poetry to me always rhymed. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you listen to most songs today and they rhyme. Yeah. Most, Take away yeah, the music of... and you have a poem. Yes. Yeah. I actually wrote a poem once, I think it was a year or two ago and I put it on my Facebook just for fun to share with people. And my one friend said, I didn't know Carrie was a rapper. <laughs> he said it sounded like a rap song. <laughs> so I thought that was funny because, that, that yeah, is. writing poetry even made me appreciate rap a little. And I'm not a huge rap fan, but you can respect it. And, uh, and appreciate the talent that goes into it. Yes, yeah. Because you know what? I couldn't write a rap song. No, <laughs> I don't think I could. But look at them, right? And, and mm. so there's a talent there. And I think, you know, for the, for the non-rhyming poets, that's a talent. For yeah, us right. rhymers, that's a talent. And, you know, not, I, I believe that anybody can write a poem. That's, mm. I've always believed that. Uh, I just think that a lot of people don't want to try because if they can write a poem, that means they're this or that or, you know, and, yes. but it's just a, it's just a beautiful way of expressing. Mm-hmm. And you know, the better you can rhyme, the better. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, I, I try. Well, you know what? Your your rhyme, your rhyming scheme in that poem was was good. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, who is your favorite poet, and why? My favorite poet would have to be Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, are you a fan? Enjoy people. <laughs> uh, it's funny though because I'm usually a big chicken when it comes to scary things, <laughs> but I've always liked him and his writing, and I've always been intrigued by him. And and very often he rhymes in his poems, so maybe that's a bit <laughs> why. Yep. Do you have a favorite Poe poem? Oh, I do like the Raven. Even though it seems like I'm just naming the biggest hit but annabelle lee i like that one too yes yes i used to have and and because i'm visually impaired i don't have the physical book anymore but Mm -hmm. it was called the unknown poe oh and there's a lot of you know things about poe and other poems that weren't included in any of his collections or works oh and i gave that away but that's fine um yes poe is is one of my favorites and um, every year I do a, a, a Google search and for Poe related contests. 
Oh, yeah. I've entered one of those recently. There's not a lot of them, though. I've only ever found two, and one of them isn't happening anymore. Yeah, yeah, for the last, like, six years or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So So I was thinking about starting a Canadian one. That would be fun. It would be My sister would also love that. She loves that kind of writing of a writer family. (laughs) Um, Are you aware that there have been some Poe-esque songs? or Yeah. So there's a a group called um, the Alan Parsons Project. Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. They're from uh, the seventies predominantly, but, uh, and they go through the eighties and into the nineties, whatever, but they've got one album in particular called Tales of Mystery and Imagination. And it's oh. all Paul writing set to music. Oh, that's, that's fun. That would be really. I would recommend that you get it and they do the Raven wonderfully. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my first, it was probably my first poem of his that I ever heard, which is probably why it stuck with me as well. Very well, yeah, no, it very well could be for a lot of people, though. Um, there's just something about the way he wrote and uh, his imagery was incredible. Yeah, I've always thought he was really compelling, really interesting the character. <laughs> Somebody should make a movie about him. Oh, I think they have. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have another poem you'd like to read for us? Uh, yeah. Okay, here it is. This one's also from the same book as the first one. There's no real theme to the book. It's just random poems. (laughs) Yeah, this one is um, based on... I'm kind of writing about Ireland, which I'm a huge fan of, and I really love it there. Have you been? Yes, just twice. I wanted to go again this year, but it's not in the cards. (laughs) Just twice. I haven't. Yeah. It's It's a bucket list for me. Oh, okay. Um, This one is called Where My Heart Lies. My soul longs for hills of green, the likes of which I've not since seen. I want to view the mountains high, reaching out to a clear blue sky. To feel the ocean air on my face, content in the knowledge that this is my place. The wind whipping through my hair, going its own way without a care. Even the rain when coming down cannot turn my smile to frown. I inhale deeply and drink it in, this land that made me happy again. It breathed life back into me when darkness was all that I could see. My life, I thought, was surely over, was found again amongst the clover. The memories I will always keep and revisit them when I'm fast asleep. And though we were forced to say our goodbyes, someday I will return to where my heart lies. And that's the end of that one. I, yeah, like I said, it's a bucket list for me to go to Ireland. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think if I ever did make it there, I, I believe that it would open up a whole new world of writing for me. Um, it, it seems like being there has touched your soul. I felt you there mm. as you read it. That's good. That's good to know. Well, then yeah. that's part of why we're doing this is, you know, uh, so other people uh, can, you know, understand uh, the, the mind of a, of a poet as well. Uh, so you've been there twice, you said? I have, yeah. It's really special. Uh, I love it there. 
I, I'd, I'd move there tomorrow if my family was on board. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, do you have Irish in your blood or? Um, I do have a little. It's on my dad's side, okay. but I don't know like exactly how much. Like, I'm not like half Irish or anything. But... So, what was the allure? How did you know that you? Um, I just since I was a child, I always wanted to go to Ireland. And not Scotland. Or um, well, I, I did like I always interested in all of them, like England, Ireland, Scotland, and I actually did go to Scotland as well. But um, Ireland was just I don't know something was wanting to pull me there, and it still does. Like there's tons of places in the world I want to see and travel to. I love traveling, but I always want to go back there. <laughs> like, like I just want to go back to Ireland. I'm good. What or who is your muse? Muse. <laughs> I don't know if it's any one thing. Um, it can sometimes it is people in my life, like the poem that I wrote for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can just be like a conversation overheard in the coffee shop, or something I see out in nature that I find interesting or beautiful. Yeah. Well, so sometimes people, sometimes things, sometimes eavesdropping. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are there are people who uh, use the same muse over and over for their inspiration. Yeah, uh, and there's one. Hmm? No, sorry, I was just there's not one particular thing or person. Yeah, you're like me. I uh, especially being visually impaired, I'm limited as to what I can see to inspire me. Right, no shortage of what I can hear that inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see with my ears, and yes. I think. I was going to write a, uh, a title of my book is, was going to be, if you could see what I hear. Okay. That's an interesting title. Isn't it though, eh? Especially yeah. for a visually impaired person. Right. And uh, anyway, <laughs> the crazy things you come up with. So what inspires yeah. you for your, your book titles? Or your poem? Um, poem? Um, titles? I don't know. I try and tie them into the poem i like how like in the where my heart lies one like the line is in usually towards the end of it Mm -hmm. i i seem to like to do that a lot in my poems i think yeah both the ones that i read today had the same thing Mm -hmm. but i actually i really enjoy thinking of titles and sometimes it is hard but i like i like finding titles (laughs) you know (laughs) It's almost like a first line, I guess, in a story. Well, it, it could be what inspires the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um do you use a, a physical journal, writing journal, notebook, or are you typically your phone or tablet or computer? I used to write everything out longhand, but it just got too much and my hand would get sore. So I I just use my notes app on my phone. Okay. Like, I write almost everything in there. So people just think I'm playing on my phone. I'm actually writing, so. Stop playing on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, attention to me. Oh, I'm writing everything you're saying. Yeah, my sister and I said that the other day. She's like, I thought we were writing together. You're just playing on your phone. I'm writing. So I showed it to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we can get into trouble for, for things like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. On my computer, I've got a, a, a writing journal, per se, mm-hmm. and I've got it broken down into different sections. And 
um, you know, plots or, you know, character traits or whatever like that. But I've got one, two, three, maybe four pages exclusively for book titles and poem titles. <laughs> I'm always writing down ideas for titles. and I do have a few of my notes. Yeah, they're just like one lines, like mm-hmm. a line or a title or even a character name. Like I thought this would be a cool name for a character. So I jot that all down and sometimes it ends up to be something and sometimes it just sits there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you if you don't write it down, you'll lose it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, that. <laughs> it's a hard way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so, yeah, like I said, in my journal, I've got like titles and I've got characters and character traits. And mm-hmm. you know, not that I write, I'm, I'm only recently started writing short stories and, and, and other things, but yeah. predominantly for 40 years, I was a poet or mm-hmm. I like to call myself a poet. <laughs> yeah. Other people might say something different, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, <All> subjective. <laughs> well, true enough, right? Um, when you first started writing poetry, uh, were you the the show it to everybody kind of person, or did you keep it to yourself? I think I was more of a show it to everybody because okay. I was so enthusiastic about it. I was passionate about writing, and like, look what I made. Do you like it? And I liked people's admiration, I guess, when they would give me compliments on it. And so I was really, I wanted to show everybody. And I still struggle with it. Because if I like something that I've written, I want to show someone and say, isn't isn't this kind of cool? Is it good? (laughs) But I don't, I hold on to it a bit longer now, especially if it's really personal. I kind of, I try and see if I can make it any better, polish it up, or if it is too personal, then I kind of just hide it away to myself. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so would you say that you, okay, I'll just ask the question, who do you write for? <laughs> do you write for yourself or do you write for other people? Or is Maybe it like, therapeutical for you? Or there, Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I just, it's just for me and other times it's still it's always for me because i have to like it <laughs> but <laughs> yeah um but i i really i love it when someone else enjoys something that i have written so i do like to share them um, people like them <laughs> so it, but it is hard for you to share those personal um yeah. I, I wrote this as a form of therapy for myself kind of thing right yes like um where my heart lies has a bit of personal story in it too so that it's a bit a bit emotional but i feel comfortable enough sharing it okay but would you agree or disagree with the following statement then that every poet puts a little bit of themselves in everything they write i think so well for me definitely whether it's my poems or just my other writing that i do even when I don't really realize it subconsciously, I think there's there's me in there. <laughs> so have you ever written something that you thought had nothing really to do with you? And then you go back and you read it and you go, oh, my goodness, that's <laughs> kind of personal. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So how do you decide what you put in your books then? How do I decide? Yeah. Do you just 
pick away? Or do you put a conscious thought into everything that's going into your book? Not everything, I don't think. I just, whatever works best for the story. Okay. But yeah, there's been time and um, character traits, and I'll say to people, like, I think I might have an issue because I keep writing characters that have this issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, self analysis time. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'll be my own therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer to be traditionally published? Well, first of all, are you you're not traditionally published, are you? No, I've only been well. I guess it would be called traditionally published, but by like indie publishers like contests and submitting okay. to their like their indie things right but not by a big publisher or anything like that um so i'm mostly self-published and part of me i think so everyone thinks oh if you're traditionally published you're more of a, a a real author legitimate which i yeah i don't i don't like that but that is how some people think so it'd be nice to be able to say that oh look I'm traditionally published but I'm not it's not a huge goal for me I like being self-published I like having the control over my stuff and what I want to say and when I want to release it and like um even the self-published books that I have even my covers are mine Mm -hmm. like they're my photographs that I've taken and I have control over that and I like that so I like self-publishing. The, uh, the 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 whole self-publishing aspect of it, though, um, just the way the world is going right now is becoming more accessible, and <laughs> and being more accepted. I think, uh, of course, the you know the traditional publishers are going, yeah, well, you're taking money out of our pockets, but. Mm. You know, I think that would be their only concern uh, because, you know, as I said, um, you know, as I've said in the past, I, I think that there have been things that traditional publishers are saying, oh, you should be reading this. This is yeah. what you should be reading. And I read that and I'm going, this is garbage. And Thank then you. I read something from somebody in one of my writing groups. And I'm going, that should be put published by that. And not that. Yeah, I agree. And and so that's I mean that's basically why I started my my own writing group on Facebook. But you know, it's I'm tired of being told what I have to read. Yeah. And and so it's important to me to give people like you and even myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that exposure um, with regards to. Well, here's this person, and this is what they're writing, and people are hearing it, and they're like, "Hey, well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good." <laughs> and yeah. and that's why I'm doing season three this way. And so, you know, it's it. People are responding to it, and uh, I, I think. But where am I going with this? Oh yeah, <laughs> self-publishing is being more accepted by more people. Yeah, I think and there's still a little bit of like at least with people I know, they still think it would be cool to get that big big deal, but big book deal. But like it would be it would be nice, but it's becoming more 
legitimized, I guess. So well, I think I think those people that you know, those people that you should, you know, get traditionally published. Yeah. I think they're misguided because there is no big book deals for poets. <laughs> no, not no, definitely not poets. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you might get a good book deal after you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be famous. Yeah, that's yeah, the last thing I need. Anyway, um, <laughs> of writing, publishing, or marketing, which do you struggle with the most? Definitely marketing. <laughs> why? I am very shy and quiet, and I don't like approaching people. And I feel like I'm bothering people and they're like, I'm some nobody. Why do they want me to read what I've written? So I really, I struggle with that and just self-confidence and do you, sticking up. <laughs> so until I started doing this podcast, I'd never heard the term imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's part of you, uh, of you, of who you are? Do you yes. suffer from imposter syndrome? <laughs> yeah, probably quite largely. <laughs> Why? I just never feeling quite good enough, I guess. Like, For who? <laughs> if, you write, if, if you write uh, you, then why would this be a concern? Well, eventually I hope that people will read some that I've written. <laughs> Well, I don't know why. It's just because when I read my own stuff, I'm like, that's good. I like it. But then I'm like, oh, I'm not a very good writer. What am I doing? <laughs> well, I, I'm I was... not super educated and I'm not great with grammar. <laughs> well, wait a sec. You're supposed to know grammar and stuff. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I'm not very good. I, my sister says I use way too many commas, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> Just after I lost my vision, I took a course through the Hadley School for the Blind down in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And the course I took was Elements of Poetry. And I had a a wonderful instructor. And um, one day she says, okay, here's your assignment. Go back and take one of your old poems and rewrite it or... Or what was the other term? She edited it. Mm-hmm. And it was up until that point, I'd never once considered editing a poem. Mm-hmm. And I go, you can edit poetry? Because I always <laughs> believed that the way it was written was the way that it was meant to be. Okay. But so I, I took a, a longer poem and I condensed it and edited it. I hate that word. Um <laughs> And then did what I was supposed to do to it and uh, realized that, oh, I guess you are supposed to. And again, I'm not very well educated. I dropped out of high school uh, five times. I eventually went back to get it. But, um, you know, I didn't know that you were supposed to edit poetry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, now that I'm blind, I, I, do my best and it still comes out wrong but um, I have fun trying it right but I I think part of the problem though is that not a lot of people know how to read poetry either yeah I think I know what you mean I mean as as writers of it we know 
the how it's supposed to sound, how you're supposed to, you know, the breaks and you know the yeah. and stuff like that. But those that that you know don't, they struggle with reading it correctly for them to make sense. And I think maybe that's where it's lost, literally lost in translation. Right here. <laughs> so during my interviews, uh, I give my guests seven questions, which you've uh, wonderfully answered. But there's uh, an eighth mysterious question that nobody knows about. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, and most people, you know, oh, no. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nothing personal, so to speak. But so here's the question. What would you like to say to the person who set you on your poetry writing journey, if they were listening right now? Just thank you um, for believing that I could do it. And I had, I've said to myself that I wasn't a, a poet. I always wrote stories. I was primarily stories and I tried to write books. Um, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not a poet. I'm not good at poetry. And they said, well, why? Why you say you're not good? You can do it. And they just encouraged me and believed in me. And then I just started to try it. <laughs> and? and I ended up really liking it. Is that is that your preferred uh, style of writing now, or? Um, I I like both. I think I still I still like I'm working on another book right now that is just like a novel, but yeah, I like poems. I can do them relatively quick usually, and they don't take the same amount of time commitment a lot of the time that my my books do. Like I think it took me about four years or so to write my very first book. Okay. As well, because I had my daughter as well, so that set me back a little. <laughs> I was busy with her. As uh, that you know, children tend to do. Yeah. What is your longest poem? Like pages, um, words. I don't actually know. It would probably be like three pages, maybe. Okay. Typed out. That's. I'm mean, gonna guess that. <laughs> I haven't I haven't published the, my longest one. It's one I haven't published, so. Okay. In uh, 2015, I set out to write a poem a day for the year, mm-hmm. and which was a daunting task, mm-hmm. uh, but well well worth uh well worth trying. And uh, from that year, I ended up with 371 poems. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, from them, I published four books. And mm-hmm. so Resolutions, Resolutions Book 2, Resolutions Book 3. And the reason for the title is because that project was born out of a New Year's resolution to try and write a poem a day for a year. Okay. Uh, but the fourth book is actually called Leftovers and New Concoctions because uh, from the those three books that were published there were some that were way too short some that were way too long Mm -hmm. and uh, there wasn't enough of them so I took some from the next year and put them in in as well but there was one and it's basically my life story put into poetry and it's like nine pages oh wow yeah so um it uh I I love the long poem I love the what are they called epics yes Right. So like the rhyme of the ancient mariner was one and 
I mean, you know, the rest slipped my mind right now. That's the one that's always on my mind. But those epics are just, Beowulf is another one. It's another epic poem, right? Um, And it is a poem, but it's it's read like a story. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, the, the longer poems and, you know, there, there are now, I don't know, contests to write the short poem, like four lines or, or whatever. Yeah. I think my shortest poem is, is around four lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been getting into a, a habit of the five stanza poem. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preferred length or? No. Um, like, like I said, I've had some poems that are like four lines and then I've had much longer and. Some have like two lines in a stanza and the other have like four or five. It's not really consistent. <laughs> so do you sit down and just write it all at once or do you go back to it and I'll, add to it or? Sometimes I can write it all at once, but I often go back and I add things or I, I switch lines around to make it feel a bit better. Right. I've, uh, there have been days where I wake up in the morning, I come to my computer and I sit down and it's like, oh, and I write, 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 and then <laughs> it stops and, but it's not done. Yeah. I go, well, I'm not going to, and for me personally, I think to try and contrive an ending is mm-hmm. wrong. So I will just set it aside and I will come back to it to see if the inspiration is there to finish it. If yeah, not, I do that. You do that a lot too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right now my unfinished uh, poetry uh, file folder is about 120 strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Waiting for me to go back to. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, what advice would you give to a new writer about receiving negative criticism on their work? It's hard to hear negative criticism. <laughs> Do you think um, there is any growth that can be had from it? Yes. Um, I think it's important to listen to it as long as it's not outright rude and mean spirited. But listen to criticism, be humble enough to realize that maybe you do need a bit of work on something. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you're terrible. Some people will love what you do, some people will hate it. But yeah, you can you can learn from criticism as long as I said it's not cruel. Right. And, and um, by cruel, you mean that it's, it's presented in such a way that it's just nasty and yes. it's, it, it stops being criticism. Now. Yeah. Then it's, then it's not, um, constructive at all. It's just, um, because I mean, in, I mean, we're both in, in writing groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I have seen so many times, you know, people, I'm putting this poetry up, but I only want positive feedback. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the point? That's, yeah. You know, oh, you know, and I, I hate fluffiness. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, there's flowery poetry and then there's life poetry. Yeah. Is, you know what? Life is not flowery. No, not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. Um, going back to that other question, the eighth mysterious question though, you, you have said what you'd say to them, but who is it? Um, well, it was kind of a few people. I was thinking of my friend Kristen, who I actually thanked in my acknowledgments in the book, the poetry book that I published, nice. because she was the one. She's like, "Why? Why do you say you're not a poet? You can do it. Like you're, you can, you write well. Like you." And so she encouraged me, 
um, my husband as well, and he is not a poetry fan. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't get it, but he encourages me even when he doesn't understand it. <laughs> that that goes a long way, though, doesn't it? And like you said too, like I have a, a high school teacher that um, really encouraged me. She she asked me what my career plans were because she thought writing might be a good option and she said she was going to mark me a little bit harder than the rest of the students because she could tell I was serious about it <laughs> yeah and my mom too because introduced me to poetry and um, yeah my sister too is a big help because we're both writers so she writes poetry as well yep so we write a little bit of everything and we try and uh, help each other and give advice or say what works or what might not things like that so yeah, maybe two people. You can get your sister on the show. Yeah, that'd be good. I told her she should go on with me. I could have interviewed both of you at the same time. <laughs> um, we're going to go into the next section called Shameless Plugging, which oh. is really why uh, I do this is to, to give you and my other guests yeah. the opportunity to let the listeners know what you have on the market, where they can find it, where they can contact you, and all that sort of stuff. So we'll start with question number one. What books do you currently have available on the market, and where can people find them? Um, I have a novel, which is my first novel I ever self-published. It is called Where the Trees Know You, and it's actually a, it's a love story. But it's based partly in my hometown here in Ontario and partly in Ireland, which we go back to. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had to chuckle when you said it's a love story because um, I've got some really, really, really close friends and we do a lot of things together, which mm -hmm. involve watching videos or movies and stuff like that. And I always, at some point during the show, turn to them and I say, you know, in the end, it's really a love story. <laughs> yeah. It could be an action movie, but it's a love story. It, it is a love story. Sorry, they all come back to being a love story yeah. of some kind. So It is a love story. And I don't like to call it a romance novel because it's not like Harlequin-y. And I don't, like if I call, if you Google romance novels, it's like, that's not what I want my book to be called. <laughs> So I just say love story. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually did an interview for season two, um, which is actually going to be released this Wednesday. And she's a romance novelist and yeah. out of Calgary. And she's got like 23 romance novels. Well, some are really great. I just, when I, or when I go into any like romance novel group on Facebook or whatever, I just, I don't feel like my book fits. Right. Right. So I, I has that's the only reason I hesitate to call it a romance novel, even though technically that's probably what it would fall under, genre wise. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, that was my first book, mm -hmm. and I also have this one little book here. Like it's just a collection of some of my poems and some of my photography, but I try and tie in a bit to the poem. Like okay. Late, it, like if I have a winter poem and there's a nice winter photo with it. That kind of thing. So it's a nice little book, I thought. <laughs> I've often was... thought about incorporating imagery, whether it be hand-drawn or, you know, photography or whatever, 
yeah. into my books with with my poems as well. But uh, it's just a lot of extra work for a blind guy. <laughs> um, it took a lot of work to make. See? Like, I just self-published it on, like, Amazon, Kindle Direct. Right. It was hard to get the formatting right and getting everything to fit where it's supposed to. Yeah, it was a challenge, but it worked out okay. You, those are the only two I have out right now. Are you aware that you can download free um, uh, Kindle templates for books? Oh, yeah. And every, no, uh, you open it up and you just throw whatever you got right in there. It's not the Kindle Create, but it's just additional templates that go into that whole oh, thing. And really? Oh, yeah. So Google, uh, Google, um, Kindle templates. Okay. And, you know, I think there's, they go through almost every trim size, but everything's all laid out in the proper formatting for you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Pretty helpful. <laughs> I use it all the time. And let me tell you, <laughs> it, it, it certainly helps this visually impaired uh, person. Uh, question number two, or that's, so those are the only two books that you've got available. Those- yeah, they're the only two that I have. And they're they're on Amazon and my website, too. It's just carrieunbuckton.com. Buckton is my married name. Okay. So, uh, there yeah, will be so a transcript of this interview available, so be, <laughs> you'll be able to click and go. Question number two. Are <laughs> you currently working on anything? And if so, how close to completion is it? Yes, <laughs> I'm working on a few things. Okay. Um, Aren't we all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I always have poems that I'm working on. They're, some are just for fun. Some are for like contests or submissions. I am working on a second novel, which is not a love story. It's it's a completely different story. Um, it's It's almost like a family story, but it also has a bit of magic realism in there and a bit of fantasy. So it's different from for me but i i really like it and the first draft is finished okay. i'm just um having it looked at and edited a bit so i probably have to rewrite quite a bit but it's it's fairly well along and i'm also trying to write a few children's books oh interesting one is written and i think finished but i don't have an illustrator so i still looking for that and but yeah so i'm trying to write a few like poems my children's books i was trying to write a song but i know nothing about how to write a song (laughs) or music so for right now it's just a poem that's in my notes (laughs) i'm i'm right there with you about not being musically talented yeah i love music but i'm like i don't know how to turn this into a song um but it feels like it's a song so I, I hear that 100%. I've got, I hear the music in my head, but I can't translate it into anything. I've got a, a file folder in my computer that's called attempted lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what they are. Yeah. The same with mine. Um, if you had to choose one of your books or poems as a favorite, which one would it be? Probably my first book, my, oh. uh, where the trees know you. It's, really personal for me it's loosely based on myself like it's a fiction novel but it's loosely based on my own experiences and my first trip to ireland and 
so it's really close to me. So I really I cared a lot about that book, and it took a long time to write. Do you have a favorite poem? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have one favorite. It's like picking your I favorite think, child, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I have I have poems that I've written for my children that I I really like them. Some are a little sad because dealing with the fears and feeling like you're failing as a parent. And so they're very personal, Mm -hmm. but I like them at the same time. (laughs) I think it's because it's quite raw and emotional. So I like that. I, I personally, I think most of the people who have read my stuff actually like the fact that it's raw Mm -hmm. and personal. Um, one, because it gives them an insight into me and two, because uh, it allows them to look into their own lives mm-hmm. and project maybe what's not, they're not letting out. Yes. And does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Um, where can people connect with you? Facebook, email, snail mail. TikTok, Instagram, oh, and the list goes on and on and on. Stop um, insanity. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my social media is just personal pages, but I have, I have an Instagram author page. Um, it's just carryonbuckton.author. And my website, there's a, there's an email on the website. It's just contact at carryonbuckton.com. Okay. Do you have an Amazon author page? I do. Yeah, I'm on Amazon under Carrie Merriam Buckton. I use both of my last names as my, my author name. So spell that last name then? Um, it's B-U-C-K-T-O-N. And anything else? Are you on TikTok? Or are you? Uh, no, I'm told that I should be, but I haven't. I'm, like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with it making videos and stuff so yeah i'm mainly on instagram and well, i do have facebook but it's just it's just a personal person. yeah yeah there's a person i recently interviewed uh, actually for season two um we we got into this question and she goes you know what she was i'm actually hiring one of my son's tweener friends to do my <laughs> tiktok stuff Oh, that'd be, I could do that. Just there makes you go. Else there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a um, ghost writer, but it's, it's a ghost TikToker. <laughs> a, ghost t- a ghost talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Do you have one more poem for us? Uh, yeah, sure. This one is different than the ones I've read. It's a little bit spookier. <laughs> <laughs> I recently wrote it for for submitting about stories about superstitions. Okay. And it had to be a little bit creepy, so well, there how, was how fitting that you would choose to read this one today because this is being yeah. this is being yeah. recorded on Halloween. Halloween, yeah. All right, yep. the floor is yours. I'll be quiet. So it's called "Hold Your Breath." I hold my breath as I walk by for fear the dead will hear and try to steal my life from inside me, snatch the very breath I breathe. Behind raw iron gates, silence is deceiving, they lie in wait, supposedly sleeping, resting in peace, 
but they're really waiting on souls to feast. Lost spirits deeply scorned, the crow cries out so you are warned. Hold it in, hold your breath, so you may not yet be claimed by death. And that's the end of that. <laughs> There's nothing spooky about that. <laughs> well, it was... I chose this superstition I heard of when I was a kid that if you drove or walked by a graveyard, you had to hold your breath or else they'd steal your soul. Which okay, I've never I don't believe in it, but it made like a cool little poem idea. <laughs> so it's like stepping on a crack in the sidewalk. Yeah, make break your mother's back. <laughs> yeah, or walking under a ladder. or I mean, yeah, you, you know what? There's no end to those, is there? Yeah. There's no end. You should, you know, start writing all these different ones down and there you go. You should have lots of poems. <laughs> well, there you go, right? <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that. That was, uh, that. Was, I don't think it was scary, but then again, <laughs> The Exorcist wasn't scary for me either. So. Oh, wow. See, I'm a chicken with scary things, which is why it's funny that I love Edgar Allan Poe. Because <laughs> he can get quite dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in closing... What would you tell anybody who might be too afraid to take the chance of being published? Um, Whether traditional or even self. Yeah, it's it's easier said than done, but just to try it anyways. Um, like, nothing, it might be something good that happens or something bad that happens, but if you don't do it all, then nothing will happen. There's so. a, a a quote. I, I don't know who it's attributed to, but I've heard it a lot in the last couple of weeks uh, and even in some of these interviews. But 100% of the shots not taken or you'll never yeah. score. Or I probably messed that one up anyway. But you'll well, know. You hmm? it's, yeah, it's more likely to regret something that you didn't do, a chance you didn't take. Exactly. Say. Exactly. And just like this podcast, you know, I took a chance. Yeah. Now I'm in stepping out of my comfort zone to come on here today. Absolutely. But yeah, it's been nice. You did and you did well. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I hope uh in the future that other people will hear this and say, Hey, I want to interview you or her. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't it though? But yeah. Carrie, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, again, like you said, coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Do this. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate um, the poems that you shared, uh, the time that you were willing to put into this. And um, I, I just, yeah, it means a lot to me that you said yes to come on the show. What I did was fun. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Between the Lines. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and were inspired to either start writing or to keep on writing. The best thing you can do to help support your favorite guest or guests is by purchasing one of their books. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes or guests, you can reach out to us by sending an email to randy.btlpodcast at gmail.com Use comment or suggestion in the subject line. Visit my website 